0: All righty, hello again, everyone, and welcome to Monday. Happy Monday! It's the, the hell is it? It's the thirtieth of January, twenty twenty-two, three twenty-three. No emails, please. <laughs> twenty twenty-three. I am Derek Hunter. I am your... I know you're listening out there. I know who, You know who you are, too. I'm not going to call you out on it. You're the, you're the gatekeeper when I get the wrong year. But I always hear from you, I, I corrected myself this time. I swear to God, I did. Anyway, happy Monday to you, ladies and gentlemen. Action Packed Program, as always, planned for you. And we shall get to it directly. Just a quick health update on everybody. I think... I think everybody's doing well. Knock wood. Everybody's doing, the kids are good. I'm, I have, I've am had a sore throat the last couple of days. It was less this morning. I'm recording this on Sunday, but I recorded the rest of it earlier uh, because I thought I was going to maybe lose my voice. I didn't. So that's good. <clears throat> Still, there's a little bit of an itch down there, but I, Quinn started off with a sore throat and then ended up throwing up in the middle of the week. I started with nausea and I ended up with, uh, I didn't throw up, but ended up with uh, a sore throat. Hopefully that means that the two ships have passed in the night and whatever bugs we had are dead and everybody else has avoided it, although the wife still has a little bit of a cough, but we shall see. Anyway, we got a lot to get to today. We're going to announce who won which autographed book at the end of the program and uh, which book this is right here. uh, It's a returning champion that uh, i'll be giving away or in the mix it's a first edition too so you'll have to stick around till the end for that but uh, let's get to the previously as even though this is all previously recorded the previously previously recorded section of the show and i think i talk about atlanta when i meant to talk about memphis but if i don't know if i'm wrong i'm still right about the big picture and that's what really matters all right there's a lot going on there's a bunch of things to talk about before i get into the news of the day, i want to talk just a little bit about because i got this it drives me nuts i have to and granted i can use my i can do it online or i can just not do it at all do you remember the equifax breach this is just a, a little illustration of my problem with class action lawsuits and lawyers in general although i'm sure that there are fine lawyers out there but the uh the Equifax breach, when pretty much everybody's personal information was hacked and leaked online, if you're a human being, your your stuff's out there somewhere, and so everybody had to go and get identity theft protection and blah 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 blah. Well, they uh, that was back in two thousand nineteen. There was, of course, a class action lawsuit filed over that because there's a class action lawsuit filed over everything. Not because these lawyers care deeply about the individuals whose lives were or may or could have been changed or upset in any way, shape or form. But uh, no, they don't give a damn about that. It's because there's they got big beaks and they can get very, very wet and Equifax has deep pockets or deep pools in which to wet said beaks. Well, the ultimate settlement was for $425 million. You probably, you you may well be a part of this. You probably got emails about it, opt-in or opt-out. I forget what they were. I remember getting emails about it. I can't remember if they were opt-in or opt-out or whatever the hell they were. But I do remember getting them and i have a general policy against clicking on links and anything so sorry if you email me links or whatever uh you're better off emailing me the title unless i know you or trust you you know i am i'm not going to click on your links Uh, but email me the title and if it's interesting then i'll search the title and find it myself i just i've seen too many people Get burned by phishing and, and viruses and everything that I just just don't do it. I think it's smart play for everybody. But I didn't click on. I don't. I don't remember ever going. Well, I feel wronged by Equifax leak and a hack, and a, I will uh, sign up. Sign me up for this class action lawsuit because justice needs to be done. Whatever it was, they plowed forward, and I suppose that's. I suspect that's the way most people are is you, you just find yourself being in a a class action lawsuit where you're like, I don't, I don't know how this happened. And you get a notification that somehow a settlement has been reached and boy howdy, start play, making your vacation plans because a check is coming your way or whatever it is. and I didn't know that. I just got this thing in the mail the other day from the Equifax Breach Settlement Fund. That was the return address and i saw this in uh, you get the uh the, the, the every day i get an email with scans of the mail that are coming that day and i'm like oh okay i'm rich i'm rich now i was gonna buy a new car i was probably gonna put uh, the kids through college with it i was like we're finally gonna get uh, our our beak wet here no <clears throat> so it comes with this i open this up and there's a letter Derek hunter you filed a claim with the Equifax data breach settlement between July 22, 2019, and January 22, 2020. I don't remember doing this. That's a pretty big window—six months. Okay. We have processed your claim and determined that you are eligible for a settlement payment. The enclosed payment was calculated per the court-approved settlement agreement. Now, the entirety of the settlement was $425 million. That's a big, big, big pot of money. $425 million. I was—I mm, could taste the steak dinner and the champagne and just everything we were going to do. <sighs> Additional details regarding the settlement are available at the website, blah, blah, blah. If you have any questions about this check or need to have it reissued, Contact them. Blah blah blah. There's an email. All check reissue requests must be received in writing. The settlement administrator cannot provide tax advice. See, they can't provide tax advice. If the tax implications of my massive chunk of this gigantic settlement, going to have tax. Impl- they're going to be huge. I'm going to have to hire a team of accountants to handle my end of this massive settlement. <clears throat> Uh, if you have tax related questions, this check must be deposited promptly, which is weird because the check says it's val, it's void after April 19th, 2023. So I think I got some time. I got some time, but I mean, who's going to wait? I'm sure as hell not going to wait to put my giant chunk of this fortune into my bank accounts because then I c- I've got to you know deal with the tax implications and, uh, I don't know, buy vacation house or something. I'm not really sure. It is no longer valid if not deposited within 90 days after the check. Regards, JND Legal Administration Settlement Administrator. So there we go. And you you look down. There's the perforation. I did remove the check. Now we come to the check part. Let me put that letter down. Grab the check. How much? Because I was just as wronged as everybody. Everybody out there who was affected by the Equifax breach was wronged the same amount. Information was stolen and leaked online or whatever it was. So how much of uh, the $425 million could I, who allegedly opt in or failed to opt out of this class action lawsuit, how much am I going to get? Well, here's my check. Pay to the order of Derek A. Hunter. That's me. Signed right there, authorized signature, stamped. $5.21. Boy, howdy, the plans to go to Disney were put on hold almost immediately. Thank God I did not hit that reserve button for the non-refundable deposit. Yes, $5.21. Do you think the lawyers got more than $5.21? I suspect the lawyers did get more than $5.21. I suspect the lawyers got probably Uh, 25% to 30% of the $425 million, whereas everybody else gets a couple of bucks that, you know, less the cost of postage and the processing fees and everything. It's a joke. This is why I have a massive problem with class action lawsuits. I had a massive problem. The other other class action law, I've been a party to a couple of class action lawsuits in my life. One of which was I was somehow wronged allegedly by Sears, right? I didn't know I'd been wronged by Sears when I had a Sears card. But there was some wronging done and Sears settled thanks to the dogged work of lawyers who got themselves another healthy chunk of money. And I got, I believe it was $35 worth of Sears coupons, but it wasn't $35, like one thirty five dollar coupon, it was like a twenty dollar coupon, a ten dollar coupon, and a five dollar coupon. And I don't think they could be used at the same time. So it was like okay, Sears, as punishment for whatever wrong they did, you lawyers, who obviously had my best interests at heart, made sure that I had to make at least three transactions with Sears, the company that had wronged me in order to be made right. We need serious lawsuit reform. In this country, honest to God, honest to God, I mean, th- just to tell you how bad this is, I'd rather get a the a, a letter from Equifax saying we've got the settlement. Congratulations, you are uh, made whole again, or whatever. But at the end, it said a you know a five dollar twenty one cent donation has been made in your name in the hu- to the Human Fund. I'd rather that. I'd almost rather the lawyers keep it. I don't want the five dollars, five dollars twenty one cents. Oh, okay, great, good. That's you can't. I don't think you can get an extra value meal at McDonald's for five dollars and twenty one cents anymore. <laughs> it's just bad. You know, I, I have, well, I spent my my settlement on lunch at McDonald's, and I came. I was hungrier when it was all over with. I just, I tell you what, I've gotten into eating now. Judge, go ahead and judge me. I don't care. I, uh, I'm lowering my, collect- like I said, I've been, except for when I was sick, I've been going to the gym and I made up for it yesterday. I went back to the gym for the first time this week. I did an, an hour on the elliptical thousand calories burned on the elliptical. And, um, but I've gotten into it. And I don't eat it every day or every often, but I don't really eat fast food. Never really did. Uh, except for convenience sake, but the impossible Whopper judge me. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't care. The fake meat thing. So I'm watching my cholesterol and everything. It's not really the calorie count is appreciable difference. But I get the Impossible Whopper with extra pickles. That thing's pretty damn good. So, And there's no cholesterol. So, boom. Loving it. But I couldn't afford an Impossible Whopper for my, my Equifax Breach Settlement because an Impossible Whopper, with tax at least at the... Uh, Booger King that I go to near the house is $8 and like 26 cents or something like that. So you bought me two thirds. Congratulations, Equifax. You ruined my credit. You made me uh, made all Americans susceptible to identity theft. On the plus side, though, you bought me two thirds of an impossible whopper. So, you know, it works out. Now I just have to worry about the tax implications. Uh, $5 and 21 cents. God help us. Anyway, there is other news going on. Uh, did you see this video? Senator John Kennedy. Senator John Kennedy was... Um, well, I'll save that for a second because this is very interesting. I've talked before and I know some people who worked in the Trump administration. Uh, the people I knew who worked in the Trump administration were largely mid-level people deputy Secretaries, and certainly no cabinet secretaries or anything like that but when people were leaving the trump administration you remember what uh, the left did and this was long before they always they're now couching it as well companies agencies organizations whatever they don't want to be associated with anybody associated with a violent government insurrection so there you go and you sit there and you go what what That was at the end. There were people who left the Trump administration in year two, year three, because they just, you know, timed out or whatever. They'd had enough. And they couldn't find jobs. Why couldn't they find jobs? Because the left had organized a a countrywide effort. Organizations-wide, media, academia, allies in the business world to make sure that anybody who worked in the trump administration maybe they couldn't prevent them from all getting jobs but they could make it as difficult as possible and they could certainly keep them out of various industries and that was what was going on and you'd see you know trump officials former trump officials floundering for a while one of the the biggest examples is uh Oh, God, the blanking on the name. Sean, Sean Spicer. Okay, Sean Spicer. Now, press secretary is a highly visible position in any administration, with the exception of Mark McClellan, who was terrible under George W. Bush as press secretary, didn't hold the job very long. Press secretaries who are good on television and Sean Spicer's pretty good on television usually end up with some sort of contributor gig at one of the cable networks. It's good money. It's visibility. And then they do a consulting firm or PR firm on their own and they make money off of that and they get clients because of the uh, notoriety that they got, not only as the White House press secretary, but as somebody who has become a cable news pundit. It's the circle of life for that kind of job. If you look back and you just see people who've done that, that's by and large what they've done. They've at least done stints as cable news talking heads, because it's easy money and it's quick money. When Sean Spicer left the White House, not amid scandal, not amid anything like, oh my God, it's caught. no, Sean's a good dude. He didn't get caught doing anything. He just got caught working for Donald Trump. Well, by the time Sean left, I guess I should add that when Sean left, CNN and MSNBC had gotten so polluted to the point that they were never going to hire a Republican, not a conservative White House spokesman from the Trump administration. If Sean had come out and said, day one, Donald Trump sucks. God, I hate this guy. And working there was the worst thing you could ever possibly imagine. Then CNN and MSNBC would have gotten into a bidding war over his services. But he didn't. Stayed true to his principles and his word. And so they were out. But in a weird move, I think the week he left the White House, I'd never seen anybody do this before, Fox News announced that they are not going to be signing him. We are not going to be... Sa- it's like saying, I will not date that woman over there. Some woman over there standing there going, what the hell did I do? What do you do? What do you mean? you? Gonna- what did I do? Leave me alone. Now, I will never, I'd never date her. Never in a million years date her. That's what Fox did. Why did the people, maybe the, maybe it's personal, I don't know, but Sean had certainly appeared on Fox an awful lot, not only as White House press secretary, but as press secretary communications director for the Republican National Committee. He'd been on Fox a lot, and he actually appeared on Fox a lot after that. As a guest, but not as a contributor. They made perfectly clear, we're not going to hire him. No way. Why? because fox was worried i suspect anyway they were worried as being seen as too close to the trump white house we're too close if we keep hiring, if we hire too many people from the trump administration because if you look back at the trump administration people would leave fox to work in the trump administration and then they get fired and go back to fox it was a revolving door it was it was a rotating sidewalk it was kind of a joke they were too close they were too close Uh, But they decided to take it out because they didn't seem to be bothered by it with anybody else. They decided to take it out on Sean Spicer. Say, nope, not touching this guy. No way. But then they had him on a lot. They just didn't want to pay him or whatever. Eventually it worked out. He got his own show over there at Newsmax. But it was absurd what they were doing. And the reason they didn't want to be seen as, quote, too close to the Trump administration was because advertiser dollars. They gave into the bullying. Back then, Fox had more... Now they have fewer advertisers. You turn it on, it's it's beets. And it's uh, used to be all catheters all day long, but now it's beets and uh, pillows and a whole bunch of other things where you're just... Uh, and, and pills. Like, here, don't eat vegetables. Take these pills. Like, we're in the world of the Jetsons. You could just eat a carrot. But um, that was... That was the world then. They were afraid of catching hell for it. Then it became everybody in the Trump administration. And you couldn't find, their former Secretary of Homeland Security, the woman's name loses me right now, it doesn't really matter. You probably forgot all about her, the blonde woman. She couldn't find a job for a long time. She's independently wealthy. She didn't have to worry about it. But if you worked in the Trump administration, particularly as a visible member of the Trump administration in any capacity, you had a hard time finding a job in Washington, D.C., or the corporate world in high profile. At the end of the Trump administration, the leftists over there, uh, groups like Media Matters and uh, the Lincoln Project, they all got together. Remember, they started that website tracking anybody in the Trump administration who was looking for it. They wanted to make sure that they never got a corporate job. They wanted to try and make them as unemployable as humanly possible. It was, it was a new level of fascism that we hadn't seen in this country ever. Well, smash cut to today. Politico magazine headline. Unlike Trump appointees, Biden officials are in big demand in the private sector. Isn't that lovely? Now, personally, if I found out, and they don't really track this because uh, maybe we should, maybe Republicans need to turnabout is the fairest of plays, track this thing, I would avoid the companies who hire these people. I would because they did the same thing to our team, not because I have any fierce loyalty or love for anybody in the Trump administration or it's just a matter of principle with me. Sometimes principle is enough. Principle should always be enough. The story is, there's good news for Biden appointees eyeing the exits. Unlike your predecessors from Donald Trump's chaotic administration, you're in demand in the private sector. Now, the Donald Trump administration was chaotic because they declare it to have been chaotic. The Biden administration is not chaotic because they declare it to not be chaotic. Right now, there's a massive scandal brewing involving the president of the United States, and they're all refusing to talk about it. But that's not chaos. No, no big deal. While the 46th president has presided over comparably little turnover in his two up-and-down years in office, now how can it be up-and-down years when it's not chaotic? Hmm, weird. This month's announcement that White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain would depart seems to sound the starting gun on the period when insiders naturally start contemplating life on the outside. And though the scramble is only just starting, the prospects are much better than most people might have expected for the crisis in the crisis environment of 2020 how good according to lyle's Carr, senior vice president at the mccormick group the largest independent executive search firm based in washington the money can dwarf not just federal salaries but also the sorts of salaries private sector hirees were making 20 or 30 years ago see it's Hey, public service pays. Who knew? Just like like Governor Westmore here in Maryland, you can make millions of dollars helping the poor, and you don't actually have to help the poor. You still get the millions of dollars. God, if I'd have known, I'd have made different career choices. Quote, if you're the general counsel of the the Securities and Exchange Commission, and you're willing to go to a law firm, five million bucks, he says, uh, by way of hypothetical, Quote, same thing, the general counsel or the deputy secretary of the treasury, end quote. Regulate financial transactions, know the regulations, be the enforcer, and you've got a golden parachute waiting for you. It's not just because you know the regulations, it's because you know the regulators. That's the thing. A lot of those regulations are sort of arbitrary in how they're uh, implemented how they are uh, applied how they are enforced and if you can pick up a phone call and say look johnny come on let us slide on this one there's a better than decent chance johnny will go all right all right this is a gray area anyway we'll let you go that's the beauty of it that's how washington dc works but it's all because you all both have the d after your name and then when johnny leaves Johnny knows that you've packed him a nice golden parachute of his own. You don't say it because you never know who's listening, but you certainly imply the hell out of it over lunches at the Palm. Though it varies wildly by industry and subject of expertise, he says someone looking to maximize earned income, meaning typically a job in law or lobbying, since corporations tend to give large chunks of compensation via equity would be, quote, certainly looking at the high six figures, low seven figures for the most relevant senior officials,
1: Hmm.
0: end quote. That's quite a change from the situation just a couple of years ago when several Trump administration cabinet secretaries and other bigwigs had trouble landing high-end post-government jobs, and activists talked about organizing to render their administration insiders unhirable. Republicans need to do the same sort of thing. At the time, at least some people wondered if America's political warfare uh, was ending in the bipartisan tradition of cashing in on government experience. Yeah, it wasn't ending. Left's hate took over. It turns out that once you remove the headlines about racism, the Keystone Cops spectacles, and the constant public outrage, The revolving door will spin just fine. Thank you. This is Politico reporting. The reasons for the rebound range from the prosaic. A lot of Biden appointees had lengthy Washington CVs even before signing on to the historic. They don't have to answer for things like an insurrection, which uh, have a way of turning off PR conscious employers. But Biden veterans pondering a shot at the corporate job market can also credit their good fortune to some things the administration did that may have rankled prospective employers in the for-profit world. Regulatory pushes around things like antitrust or green technology can create bewildering new rules. Who better to help uh, firms navigate opportunities and pitfalls than the folks who dreamed up the rules in the first place. And there it is right there. There's the meat on the bone, ladies and gentlemen. These people create these labyrinths of regulations and nightmares of red tape that the average person can't figure out. What in the hell? How does it, what does this mean? And it's that. They go, I created that mess. Instead of being embarrassed, where you're like, you know how you can't figure out what the hell you have to do, and you're sitting there terrified that the government is going to come down on you like uh, an authoritarian and just quash you. Yeah. That bit of garbage, that jungle that you have to navigate, I created that. But don't worry, I can navigate your way through it. I know, I'm the only one who knows how it works. And. If we run afoul of her or it's problematic, I can call up my former subordinate who I put in that position who owes me everything they are. And I can make sure that since these bureaucrats, these mid-level bureaucrats are now empowered to create regulations on their own, thanks to poorly written and vaguely written, deliberately vaguely written legislation that empowers unelected bureaucrats, If something really doesn't work, I can get it changed. All it'll cost you is seven figures for me and probably a job for my assistant who's still back there when they decide to leave. Are you game? Would you like something like that? Or would you rather try and fly blind without instruments into a dense fog? Which would you prefer? This is how government works. And they're bragging about it. Oh, it's such a great time to be in the Biden administration because the private sector wants to hire you. Well, because of politics. Oh, and because you've created such a monstrous government that is nearly impossible to manage that you need somebody who helped create it. Who better to know how best to kill Frankenstein's monster than Dr. Frankenstein himself? It is uh, not surprising. It's, It's sick and it's sad. Now, this should be an embarrassment to the Biden administration. This should be an embarrassment to the media, the disparate treatment of people based on who they worked for in which administration, not because of anything they did. But neither is true. These people have no shame. These people have no decency. They're progressives after all. I want to comment a little bit as we shift gears from corrupt lawyers to corrupt politicians about what we're seeing with this Ukraine war. We're sending tanks. We're sending all these advanced equipment. Now, it wasn't all that long ago, I swear to God, where these very same politicians were talking about not sending these things to ukraine we're not going to send abrams tanks we're not going to send we're sending 31 abrams tanks now ukraine doesn't really have th- these are not you know 1955 chevys i use that because my that was my dad's favorite car um these are not simple things that uh, anybody with a couple of, of sockets can figure out how to fix if something goes wrong. These are advanced pieces of technology that require expertise, not only to repair, expertise that they do not have to repair, but that same expertise to operate. It's not like sitting in a a Fiat and just turning the key and going, all right, well, there you go. Let's go. Pedal on the right, make cargo vroom. That's not how these things work. They are extremely complicated expensive pieces of machinery expensive to operate as well and if you screw it up they're expensive to repair so we're putting ourselves on the hook for a lot of money for a very long time by sending these over there there's 31 of them no i'm no expert at war aside from having played you know age of empires and things i'm no expert at war but if i am at war with another nation, I'm the head of that nation that's at war, and I know that they are getting 31 tanks. And they, they're important. In 31, it doesn't seem like an awful lot, but, you know, it'll, it, and it's not really in the grand scheme of things, but 31 of them can wreak some havoc on you. I'd put a price on them. I'd put a bounty on them. I would take, make... Uh, make certain that we have tracked these things, they're tanks after all, you can track them pretty easily, and I destroy them. Now it doesn't seem to me to be that destroying 31 vehicles is all that complicated. It's not a bridge too far, except depending on how casually the Ukrainians move them around and hide them. Now you want to destroy them because they can do some serious damage against your equipment. They can do some serious damage against your troops. Although I'm unclear, I don't follow the Ukraine war all that closely uh, because I don't, it, it, I don't care. Quite frankly, we should get out of it. We should be calling for peace. We should be negotiating a settlement to get Russia out of Ukraine. And uh, that would have been the goal under normal circumstances. But Ukraine is making too much money. The Biden administration and the people who, going back to what we just talked about, the people who hire the former members of the Biden administration, they're making too much money. The defense contractors and everything, that they aren't ready for this war to end. So the objective of just repelling this invasion of Russia has now changed to liberating Crimea from Russia. I don't know why or how this came about. It was decidedly not the objective at the beginning of this. It was simply to reject or to eject Russia from where they had just invaded Ukraine. But now it is, let's get rid of what happened, the mistakes of the Obama-Biden administration as they sat idly by. Let's go back and fix that one. Well, I have, I don't care if Russia controls Crimea. I don't want there to be a nuclear war in Europe. I'm one of those old-fashioned people who doesn't want there to be a nuclear war anywhere. And I also don't, the people of Crimea don't seem to matter. If you notice, if you follow the news coverage, what do you not hear? I don't hear anything about a guerrilla war over the past decade raging in Crimea as even a small segment of the population tries in vain to repel and eject their russian invaders why because crime it's weird we the democrats are trying to make this country like this where ethnicity skin color, whatever. In Europe, it's ethnicity. Matter more than anything else there, you're identifying things. And you see that with the 1619 Project. You see that with with the diversity, equity, inclusion, or diversity, inclusion, and equity, the dye stuff that I talk That's what they really want, is they want these little factions. They want these tribes, because you can manipulate people like that. And the people of Crimea are ethnically Russian. It wouldn't matter like well the people are in Wisconsin are ethnically Swedes or whatever it doesn't really matter but um, the the people of Crimea are ethnically Russian and they don't seem to care who they live under or whatever they really don't unless there's been some secret resistance that the world media in its entirety has ignored for the past decade. But the land is valuable. The land is valuable. It is on, it has a seaport. It is, it's very valuable in that sense. That's why Russia wanted it. Russia has controlled it for a large percentage of the history of the last hundred years. Whether they did so nefariously, or whatever, it's up to you. I don't care. But it is a fact. So now the objective, rather than just repelling this latest invasion of Ukraine, is now to reclaim Crimea which has all sorts of implications because that's what Putin has said he would go nuclear over. Whether you believe Putin or not is up to you. But it just seems as though if your interest is to stop the killing, you should probably go back to the status quo before the killing started. That should be the objective. So we're sending over tanks. We're going to send over, we're we're toying with the idea of sending over planes. We've stepped up our game. Once you start sending these things, you can't just put, you know, any round of ammunition inside an Abrams tank. You've got to supply the ammunition for it. You start firing those things. If you give I don't know, 100 rounds per tank, how quickly will they blow through that? They're in active use. They'll blow through those pretty quickly, I'd imagine. Some will be destroyed. Some tanks will be destroyed, but others will need more ammunition. Well, we have a finite amount of ammunition. We have a finite number of tanks. We have a finite number of planes. We have a finite number of bullets. We are depleting our military for Ukraine, which seems insane. But if there is an objective, an achievable objective... It would make sense. Like, hey, Russia, we want you to come to the bargaining table. We want to end this thing. Russia probably would come to the bargaining table. They're not looking very good in this thing. It's not working out the way they thought. At least it hasn't so far. If they ever get their act together, look out. Who knows what will happen? But we aren't pushing for a settlement. There is no finish line. This isn't a marathon. This is a run. And it's a run with no finish line, seemingly. And our politicians, our political class, are committing us to fund it for as long as the run takes. Not 26.2 miles, but maybe it's a super marathon. Maybe it's a quadruple. Who knows? It doesn't matter. But if there's no finish line in view and there is no objective, stated objective, aside from what Russia is not willing to give, if there's no compromise, then this only has really two things that can happen. It can stagnate, it can just be the same thing with people killing each other, which I thought we were opposed to, or it can be a constant state of slow escalation. Which one do you want? Which one does our government want? I don't know. Our political class and those people who fund them, they want, I suspect, a continual state. They don't want the escalation. Escalation would be good temporarily for business, but escalation, serious escalation would likely lead to people going, all right, we need to stop this thing before it does in fact get out of control. They want to keep the pot simmering, but it keeps taking more and more fuel to keep the pot simmering. So you have Zelensky giving out awards. I'm sure he'll be a presenter at the Oscars this year. He showed up at the Golden Globes via satellite. He is a celebrity. He's sure got an awful lot of time on his hands for somebody who's working tirelessly. And he's meeting with... uh, Lindsey Graham was over there. Lindsey Graham never met a war he didn't love. He's meeting with every celebrity you can possibly imagine. He's probably having a martini right now with Sean Penn. Who the hell knows? But at some point... Doesn't our help have to have conditions to it? Doesn't it have to have strings attached? Doesn't it have to come with something? Okay, we don't have a bottomless pit of money, Ukraine. We need accountability for the money we've already given you. You keep firing people because they're taking bribes and things. So maybe maybe just may, if you kept funding, if you're an investor in a business, an angel investor in a business, and you say, all right, here's $100 million, and then uh, they come back to you and say, we're going to need more money. We need more money. I'm like, All right. I knew you'd do that, but I couldn't help but notice that you just fired three of your top executives for uh, embezzlement, corruption, whatever. Um, I'd like an accounting for the $100 million I already gave you. I'm to give you more, but I need it. A... No, no, no. You're not going to get an accounting. We're serious in business here. We have to do what we have to do. I think you'd probably pull your checkbook. Most people would. But the United States government doesn't, the difference being, of course, the person writing the check to the private business is writing a check out of their own account, whereas the government is writing a check out of our accounts. They don't really care about accountability. Oh, 31 tanks? That's fine. We'll get another 31 ready to go, and we'll just see how that goes. And if they get blown up, no big deal. And oh, by the way, I hope you can figure out, we'll train you as best we can on how to operate them? Well, the people who operate them in this country have done so for years, have trained expressly on that, and have been trained by people who have been running these things for years. In six-week crash course, can you really learn how to operate a very complicated piece of machinery? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. But even if you can do the basics, it is not the intuitive operating skills that somebody in this country would have. Will this lead to us sending people over there to train them in the field? Maybe help them operate them in the field? I don't know. Is that mission creep? Is that things expanding? It could well be. At some point, we're going to have to decide when enough is enough. And you keep hearing these politicians in Washington on both parties going, there is no limit to our support for Ukraine, well, that's insane. We should just make Ukraine a state. Then, at that point, shouldn't we? Nobody wants that. Before we run out of time, I want to play uh, some more audio uh, from our uh, President of the United States. First of all, this judicial nominee—you've probably heard this by now—but it's worth um, <laughs> it's worth playing because it's not—it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing and you get this this is what happens when you when you nominate people because they check boxes i don't necessarily know that it's true for this woman but i can't imagine it's not true for this woman if that makes any sense judicial nominees there was a big hearing up on capitol hill the other day and senator kennedy decided a lot of people would look at this and say this is a gotcha question it's not really a gotcha question unless you it's only a gotcha question if you don't know the answer it's not like in 2000 when george w bush was like, who's the uh, prime minister of latvia like i don't i didn't why the hell would i know that it's not like that listen to this um line of questioning senator kennedy thank you mr chairman and congratulations uh to all of you um judge on the far end uh tell tell me what article five of the constitution does article five is not coming to mind at the moment Okay. How about Article 2? Neither is Article 2. Okay. Do you know what purposivism is? Um, In my 12 years as an assistant attorney general and my nine years serving as a judge, I was not faced with that precise question. Um, we are the highest trial court in Washington State, so I'm frequently faced with um, issues that I'm not familiar with, and I thoroughly review the law, our research, and apply the law to the facts presented to me. Well, you're going to be faced with it as a, if you're confirmed. I can assure you of that. <laughs> God help us. Article 2 establishes the executive branch. Article 5 establishes how to go about amending the Constitution. The one I didn't know was purposivism. And so I looked that up. The purposive approach is an approach to statutory and constitutional interpretation under which common law courts interpret an enactment within the context of the law's purpose. She should know, she's swore an oath to protect the Constitution, preserve and protect and serve the Constitution. Her name is, she's a Spokane County Superior Court Judge Charnel, B-J-E-L-K-E-N-G-R-E-N, Bjelkenren, something like that. And she's likely to be confirmed by the United States Senate for a lifetime appointment to the federal bench. You sit there and you go, how does this happen? And then you go to the president of the United States, and this is how it happens. Here's Joe Biden the other day talking about the tax system in this country. It is clear he has no freaking idea what he's talking about. Up to $139,000, you pay slightly more the more you make, but it stops there. And so if you're making a billion dollars, you pay the same amount you're paying if you made $139,000. I think it's $139,000. Well, guess what? Keep the same percentage or something like it. <laughs> if you're making a billion dollars, you're paying this. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be further from that. That is not how our graduated progressive sales or income tax works. Not even close. But Joe Biden, up to you know, it's thirty yeah, up to a half a million dollars, you pay thirty-seven percent, on down forever and ever and ever but joe lives in this fantasy world where nobody corrects him and he's not afraid to look like a complete idiot and to wonder what the hell is going on this next clip is a thing of beauty of chef's kiss worthy joe doesn't understand why it is that blue collar people have stopped voting for democrats aside from the fact that you know he's a kind of a bumbling boob when it comes to taxes and constantly seeking to raise them on people He doesn't get why blue-collar people might not be uh, comfortable with the Democratic Party anymore. But all of a sudden, blue-collar workers, all the guys I grew up with in Claymont and Scranton, they're voting Republican? Not a joke. What's happened? I think a lot of because they don't think we care. We're not paying attention. No, they're paying attention. They know you don't care. But they are paying attention. Joe, see, they don't particularly appreciate the nonstop, my God, you guys are racists attack on them. Blue collar workers don't like being told that they're horrible, racist people. They don't like being told that their kids have it easy, that their kids have it set, that they have white privilege, and that their kid, because of the color of their skin, has an advantage over a kid who has a different color skin who comes from a family who makes a hell of a lot more money. Yeah, maybe that's why. Once Democrats decided to stop worrying about people as individuals and started saying, well, you're now a member of this group, you're a member of that group, maybe that turned off a whole bunch of people. You're a racist, you're a racist, you're a racist. Now vote for me. That works with the wine-drinking white suburbanite women doesn't work with other people who think for a living. Nothing against white wine-drinking suburbanite women, though, ladies and gentlemen. Send me your tasteful nudes. (laughs) Just kidding. All right, that is it for today, ladies and gentlemen. But we do have some business to conduct. This week's winner is I don't know how to reach them. So I'm counting on uh, this person to reach out to me. Maybe I can figure it out proud az dad bailey chose proud az dad it was one of those ones where i'm like what the hell it's through the uh locals page not the patreon this time it was a i put them all in the same hat it locals it was drawn not Patreon. i think you might be the person who recently switched over or is on both i don't know but email me your uh some kind of proof that it's you and your address you wanted the uval levin book autographed book it's yours congratulations that means that senator mike lee and the freedom agenda is returning this week to face number one new york times best-selling author brad thor now i have no idea which uh, Book in the well, I guess I could look at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So this is probably the ninth book in the uh the series here. Uh The Apostle by Brad Thor in his uh, Scott Harvath series. Autographed by the one and only Brad Thor himself. So good luck to you. You just go to Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or Derrickhunter.locals.com. And you find the post with the autographed books on it. You uh, say, comment which one you want you want. You want? It's your wish list, it's your dream, it's whatever, it's just what you'll settle for this week, whatever the deal is. And if one of my children pull your name out of a hat, think of all the trees we're killing, then you get that book. Actually I just copy and paste it into word and then make the font really small so it's mostly just a couple It's no big deal. You're not killing that many trees. And frankly, we only use paper made from depressed trees that were uh, dying of old age. So have yourself a wonderful, wonderful Monday. best of a Monday you possibly can. And we'll be back to do it all again tomorrow. Thank you for listening.